Welcome, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 1 of Rip Happens. We are back. I am Justin, a.k.a. Nishama, and I am joined by my very, very special co-host, Lucas, the Mississippi State Rocket League finalist. Yeah, unfortunately, runner-up this year. Runner-up this year. Unfortunately, (laughs) runner-up. Lucas, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I know uh, we're expanding our podcast committee uh, this year to to have more people on, and uh, you've been so uh, passionate about about joining in and and contributing and helping with it. I'm I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, How are you feeling? I'm super excited to be here. You know, always love the opportunity to let more people listen to my voice. (laughs) Um, so yeah, this is something I've been, I've been wanting to help out with for a while now. So it's very exciting to uh, get to help. Awesome. So, uh, for those of you watching us live right now on Twitch or on the, um, the VOD later, you'll notice that Lucas is standing very, very still. Um, he's, he's mastered the art of being on his webcam and not moving and being able to throw his voice and not have his lips move. So uh, kudos to you on that. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, my idol is Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, it's there, there's been a lot of practice at this. <laughs> so in all seriousness, his uh, we're having webcam issues. But either way, I did want to put this uh, awesome picture that this candid shot that was snagged of him at the is that the Mississippi State Championships. That is the Mississippi State Championships. Um, you can see, you know, the uh, joy slowly leave, leave my eyes as I realize my team is losing. Um, but yeah, that's a candid shot at our first ever official uh, in-person Mississippi uh, High School Esports State Championships. It was a blast. I'm hoping they expand it this coming spring and, and more schools are there, but uh, very, very fun to get to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, for those of you that may be uh, new uh, here to Rift Happens, this is a Coach Rivals podcast about League of Legends. Coach Rivals is a, uh, I don't know if I, can I call it a conglomerate? It's uh, <laughs> a... a <laughs> A collection of current and former high school and collegiate esports coaches and directors that are all coming together. We formed a community, and really, our goal is to improve scholastic esports in uh, any way possible. And uh, this is kind of a byproduct of that. And this podcast specifically is for uh, not only for general League of Legends kind of knowledge, but also. Um, I would like to target it a lot towards coaches that are unfamiliar with League of Legends because we do have quite a quite a grab bag of of coaching experience uh, when they take over Scholastic Esports. These these coaches, Lucas, they have all sorts of backgrounds and they may not even play League of Legends. Yeah, it's always interesting talking to um, another esports coach because you never know, right? Sometimes you may meet somebody like me who has been playing this game, uh, albeit poorly, uh, for close to ten years now. Uh, and then you find somebody who, you know, their principal grabbed them and said, hey, you like uh, The Legend of Zelda, right? Well, here's something that's exactly the same, and you're going to have a blast. Uh, <laughs> and then they quickly find out that that is not the case. Very, very much so. So I hope that this is a, the podcast could be a great tool for those of you that are kind of, uh, kind of behind the curve, really. Your students are way ahead of you. Your players are way ahead of you. And this could be a tool for you to use to try to help stay caught up because your time is very limited. So feel free to listen to our voices. And then when you get tired of it, pause it, you know, take a break and then come back the next day. Or uh, I know it's winter right now, but we do have some listeners that always put put us on when they were cutting the grass or something like that. So we're apparently we're great uh, lawn maintenance background sounds. 
so this is season two, episode one. We have quite the episode for you today. Luke's and I are gonna be going through this. We're gonna kick it off with what changes you should be aware of going into season 12. I know we've had preseason for a while, but a lot of things have happened. And uh, just looking through the Coach Rivals Discord, not all the coaches have been able to even play this preseason they've you know uh, things stay really busy so I'm hoping that when things start back that they can take some of this info to be uh, I guess a lot more productive feel more confident and be able to have those conversations with their players uh, as they move forward and season 11 we saw the introduction of mythic items that was something brand new to League of Legends the introduction of ability haste uh, the shop got an overhaul and the jungle changes came through where you no longer had to buy uh or basically get that jungle item and then sit on it, kind of upgrade it uh, through and through. It eventually just kind of went away, right? And you you got to upgrade your smite and, and junglers got to have a full six items. For season 12, we've got two brand new elemental drakes that have been introduced. Uh, a couple of new mythics and a few new legendaries as well. Some teleport changes, which I'm sure Lucas can give us uh, an awesome rundown on and objective bounties. Uh, but to kick it off... We have the Hextech Drake and the Chemtech Drake as two brand new dragons coming to the Rift. Well, they're already on the Rift, but you're going to see them in Season 12 and your Spring 22 season uh, for uh, your high school or your collegiate team. So uh, just straight off the bat, Lucas, uh, first impressions on these changes of these two new Drakes? Um, you know, I, it's always interesting because, uh, especially with you know the other Drakes not being taken away, uh, now we have six drakes potentially in the pool. And so sometimes, uh, for example, I haven't feel like I haven't gotten Kim tech drake in ages. Um, so it's hard to really, uh, you know, complain about one or, or be really hyped about one. But um, specifically, I think they added two very unique map elements uh, with the old four drakes. Uh, maybe they took away a couple pieces of a wall here and there, or mm -hmm. they expanded drake pits, or they added a bush to drake pits. Um, but these map changes, these landscape changes that they introduced with the Hextech Drake and the Chemtech Drake are very, very, very interesting and very, very new. Um, Hextech Drake, for example, now has added uh, Hextech Gates, which anybody who's seen Arcane uh, might spot that cameo popping up. Um, there are, what, I believe four on each, uh, you know, half of the map. Mm -hmm. You can take uh, two in your base that will take you to either the Northern Quadrant or the Southern Quadrant, and then two that will take you from your side of the jungle to the other side of the jungle very quickly, um, which has made really, really, really uh, increase the pace of play in some of these games. I, I feel like death timers are one thing, but as soon as you're alive, if you if it is Hextech Soul, you are teleporting across the map super quickly now. Mm -hmm. um, and then Kim Tech Drake, Kim Tech Drake Camouflage. Uh, I, I mean, I, I always struggle with Camouflage. So I'm like, can they see me? Can they not see me? Um, do I need to place a pink here or can I uh, uh, see somebody with a regular ward? Um, but love that they added and took a chance on two new landscape changes. That's been very fun to mess with. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting and it hasn't, um, it's had a lot of controversy as far as in the League of Legends subreddit. There's been a lot of back and forth on how people feel about this. Uh, definitely still some bugs to work out. I actually just saw a post on Reddit. Uh, I believe it was yesterday or two days ago where Urgot had his W toggled on, took a Hextech gate, and his W was attacking the enemies on the exit of the Hextech gate before his character model showed up 
Like he killed an opponent before he actually finished traveling through the Hextech gate. <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. I've seen some issues where uh, character or champions are being stuck between the wall and where the Hextech gate is. So that's <laughs> that particular part of the rift uh, isn't coded where they can be blocked out of that. So they can actually lodge themselves in there. Um, and then, of course, the Chemtech Drake, uh, as you mentioned, those big camouflage zones on in, in all quadrants of the jungle, uh, they actually remove brush. So anyone that plays Ringar or um, Maokai, anything that relies on you know, kind of those brush mechanics, um, that's, it's, I guess, maybe an indirect nerf, or it just makes those zones less... Uh, appealing for you. Although I did see something on the PBE now, there's a Ringar change to his ultimate where he can he can then now pounce out of camouflage. Uh, that could potentially be coming in 12.2, but uh, either way, definitely controversial changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and that's that's pretty par for the course, especially with the. Uh, you know, the classic joke, Riot Spaghetti Code, they add one thing to the game and it messes up four different unrelated things. Yeah, um, better nor Aurelia because we, right. we did all this. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I, I haven't really, luckily I haven't had to deal with too many bugs. Um, but it's just ironing out those kinks. Hopefully, I mean, we, we hope that it's before uh, it impacts too many seasons, but we know our season started last week. So, yeah. Um, I know it feels pretty bad for somebody in the promotional to get killed by an Urgot coming at it uh, <laughs> the teleport. Uh, so with the two new Drakes, we also have two new Dragon Soul uh, buffs. So if you get the Hextech Dragon Soul, it basically is kind of like Static Shiv. Uh, if if uh, you know, we remember that item. Uh, so you're dealing damage to an enemy with basic attacks or ability damage, cause them to be struck with electricity that will slow them, and then it can chain up to three enemies. And then your Chemtech Dragon Soul ends up giving you sort of like a uh, Scion passive, like zombie mode, essentially. After you die, uh, you end up having decaying movement speed. Uh, you heal for less, and you know, you're going to die. You're not going to live forever in zombie form, but it gives you that second chance of after you do die, you can still kind of avenge your death there and and kind of turn around a, a lost team fight basically but if you're at that point and you have chemtech dragon soul and you lose a team fight uh that's that's worrisome but it does give you that second chance so it's uh i'm not really sure how i feel about it <laughs> yeah i've seen some really interesting interactions with chemtech drake um you know fights around baron where um a team loses but because they had chemtech soul um, they're able to push the other team off of Baron, uh, you know, eliminate some of the other members so that they can force them away, or even in some cases steal and clean up that fight. So it's just a clean, even ace across the board with both teams. Um, when I first saw these changes, I really thought Kim Tech was going to be the one that impacted the game the most and caused the most frustration for me. Um, and reality, it's really turned into Hextech. The slow that Hextech has added, um, this AOE slow whenever your team is grouped up, has made any kind of all-in comp that gets lucky and draws that Hextech uh, Drake, that Hextech Soul, um, they can just initiate team fights from forever away. And now these poke comps, especially if there's you know a poke comp playing into them, very little hope of getting away. Uh, it's very easy to run down enemy teams to initiate team fights and keep them going for long periods of time. Um, so I've definitely found Hextech to be uh, the more impactful of the two so far. But that's just an anecdote. Just in my games. I, I think, too, this could 
reignite that conversation that people have had of should the dragon soul that is going to be present that game be visible in champ select um, mm. that's an idea that had been tossed around people not liking when when, when elemental drakes were first introduced uh obviously the community was split on this but there was a there a very vocal portion of the community that were saying that you know if we know what it is. We, we shouldn't have to rely on RNG. And, and that's the biggest thing. They don't want to rely on RNG. They need to, they, if they knew that it's, um, if they know it's a Chemtech Drake, okay, well, I'm not going to pick Rengar here. You know, but if I, if I know that it's Mountain, then okay. Uh, if I like to play Zoe and Mountain Drake comes up, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to play Zoe because I have more walls to shoot through. But if it's Infernal, then, uh, you know, maybe not so much. So I, I think that conversation is going to continue to go and I'm interested to see if they're going to continue to expand on all these drakes in future seasons. Yeah. And, and going back to your point about not wanting RNG in the game. Um, I mean, that's something that riot themselves have proven that they don't really want, uh, which seems a little bit at odds with uh, the dragons in the game, but you know, it was just a, a season ago that they changed. What was that a season ago? I don't know that they changed crit chance, right? And made mm -hmm. sure that it was very easy for champions who wanted to go the crit heavy build to hit that hundred percent because it felt so bad to um, be a crit based champion and, and only be able to get to sixty to eighty percent crit chance and have to rely on um, you know a lucky auto here and there to proc. So they have a proven track record of trying to get rng out of the game we'll see if this changes anything um i personally have always been on the side of, of i hope they add uh, souls easily visible in champ select because it is very fun to uh, at least attempt to try and theory craft and, and build specific comps around uh, specific drakes so yeah it definitely adds another wrinkle of strategy uh to it so it could be interesting for teams to play around that uh our next change that you definitely should be aware of if you're not already are the two new mythic items that have been added to the game we have crown of the shattered queen which is for uh mages who it's really good into assassins essentially you have uh safeguard that you're the first um incoming uh, amount of champion damage that hits you is reduced by 75% and then it lingers again for a, a second and a half after that um, and then while you're safeguarded you gain ability power that lingers additional after after the safeguard is deactivated so it if you've ever played mid lane and have constantly been blown up by you know a Kha'Zix or a Ringar or you know a Kiana talent something like that. This is the item that those mid lane mages have been wanting uh, versus just waiting to build Zanyas and trying to Zanyas to prevent being blown up and then they're just sitting there uh, waiting for the Zanyas you know the stasis to end and then they get blown up anyway. So uh, this item has uh, hit the rift. It's been very um, it's caused some waves. There there have been a lot of opinions surrounding it. Uh, I, I think some would say that came in kind of overpowered. And then we have Even Shroud as the second mythic that's come through. This is uh, hard for hard engaged champions. Uh, anytime uh, you apply a mobilizing effect uh, from an enemy champion or to an enemy champion, uh, everybody within a 600 um, unit radius around you will have damage that they they will be taking an additional uh, nine percent damage for four seconds. So these are like for frontline champions that want to add a little more oomph to the damage that the carries are doing. So what what are your thoughts on uh, the two mythics that we have? 
Um, I was really, really worried that Crown of the Shattered Queen would be game-breaking. Um, and I know it definitely has caused frustration with a lot of people. Um, but I don't know. It, it felt especially towards the end of the last season when um, we were starting to see, for example, Zed a lot more uh, in the mid lane, as well as a few other uh, assassins start cropping back up, that there was very little counterplay besides buying Azonias. Um, and so it's nice to see... Um, a different option with crown. Um, and like you said, it, it's not super, um, it, it's really only good into assassins. Mm -hmm. I, I play top lane mostly. And so, um, if I'm playing a bruiser who's focused on being in a fight for a long period of time, um, it doesn't really affect me in a negative way. Um, so I, I really don't, I, I'm very happy with crown of the shadow queen right now. doesn't bother me too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I think it was a needed item because it does feel terrible to go you know do so well in lane and then have an assassin which I, the argument is you know they're assassins they should be able to assassinate but it's it's terrible to feel like to see the three eight and one zed just <laughs> full cycle rotation 100 to zero a uh you know a 12 two and three you know mid lane mage it, it just feels really bad uh, and this yeah. helps prevent that. Yeah, and it's also nice to... I'm always a big fan of item diversity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, previously the only answer to that was the Zonia's text. If you have a Zed on the other team or you have another Assassin on the other team and you don't want to die to them quickly, you buy Zonia's. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was pretty much... Second item was always going to be, um, you, you know, the stopwatch. So it, it's... I'm happy with the item diversity. I know some people have some some issues with it, but... Um, overall, I definitely think it was a needed item. For sure. Yeah, and, and chat corrected me. Or not necessarily corrected me, but added in something I left out about Even Shroud is that you actually proc Even Shroud if you get immobilized as well. So either you immobilize uh, or you get immobilized. So it really is the, those frontline um, players. You know, they're going to be in there taking, trying to tank the CC or trying to lay down the CC. And if they can get there in the middle of the entire enemy team, they can, you know, add that increased damage. I think this is a really cool item. It reminds me of, is it, um, was it Zeke's Harbinger? I think it was. I think it was the one a couple seasons ago that when you, uh, when you initiated and, layered cc on or, or put cc onto the enemy ended up increasing their damage zeke's convergence still in the game yeah it was what was uh, harbinger was first right and then they changed it to convergence so i don't know the interaction between these two between even shroud and zeke's convergence but um uh, does the i would assume the damage stacks on there i wouldn't know um i have not unfortunately not experienced too much with even shroud since i or even shroud since i haven't uh don't play support very much but yeah you um, definitely don't, don't see it as much as crown of the shatter queen i, I think yeah. it's kind of flown under the radar it may be like secretly op uh and, and nobody knows or it could be you know gigabad and that's why nobody <laughs> you don't see it very much in your <laughs> games uh yeah, i don't I, know i pretty much only see it with these heavy engage bot lanes mm -hmm. like a leona or something like that um so it's and even then i see leonas who are still going the old support tank items so it's right. definitely not Definitely not a 100% situation. I'm taking this every time. Mm -hmm. So we have a uh, three additional legendaries. Uh, four if you count the small the uh, is it Winter's Approach for uh, Thimble Winter. But we have Shadow Flame, which is 
uh, ability power, 100 ability power, 200 health. But this is kind of the uh, the answer to you know AD champions have Serpent's Fang that are dealing with shields. Uh, this is the AP version of Serpent's Fang, uh, essentially. So Shadow Flame uh, deals magic damage to champions. It ignores um, uh, 10 to 20 uh, based on target's current health. It ignores some magic resist. It goes to maximum value if they were affected by a shield. So it's very similar to that item, whereas you know, um, AD Assassins could try to get it past the enemy team having a lulu having a karma uh for shielding they could build serpent's fang and now ap champions have something very similar to it uh axiom arc uh has was really fun when it first came out like all the the clips and highlights we could see on reddit of a uh nocturne getting his having his ult uh, for every single fight, you know, ulting, getting a few kills, and then when everybody respawned again, he got his ult again. I, I saw a misfortune ult twice in a team fight. Uh, <laughs> just some crazy stuff. So basically, with Axiomark, it is a lethality item, so AD item. But basically, anytime you score a takedown against the enemy champion within three seconds of you your having damaged them, it refunds twenty percent of your ultimate ability's total cooldown, not the current cooldown. So it's that that flat rate that you're always going to have dropped with axiom arc and then fimble winter is a another tier based item very similar to man immune or seraph's embrace uh so building that is more for kind of mana hungry tank champions so i amumu was the first one that popped in my mind when they introduced <laughs> this because of you know uh you know keeping his his w on and wanting to cry on everybody but uh, so yeah, three new new legendaries there, and with Fimble Winter, uh, you basically anytime you uh, consume uh, mana, uh, you gain a shield. Uh, so if you are a melee an enemy champion, consumes three percent current mana to grant a shield for three seconds. The shield strength is uh, increased by eight percent if there's more than one enemy champion nearby. So it really is you want to you get in there, get into the middle of the fight, and then. You know, that uses your mana to help give you this gigantic shield. So some really cool stuff there, some interesting items there. Any thoughts on our three new legendaries? Well, uh, number one, I am using Fimble Winter the most. Okay. Um, I, I pretty much solely play three champions top lane, uh, Yorick, Gwyn, and Orn. And okay. I've been really enjoying Fimble Winter and Orn. Um, if I am relatively far ahead, uh, I go Mythic first item, Warmog second item and Fimble Winter third item, and now I never have to go back to base. Nice. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, it, it's nice. I I love having the extra ability haste, um, as well as the added uh, defensive stats. There, there wasn't really an item that fit that early in the game, uh, and so as Orn, you're constantly throwing out Qs and Ws and um, trying to e into walls or into old debris. Um, so it's been a, a very great item for me personally in the top lane. I am incredibly disappointed in Shadow Flame. I was really excited about Shadow Flame, um, and I still think it does kind of what it's supposed to do. Um, but especially with the the wording um, of any champion affected by shield within the last five seconds, mm -hmm. um, instead of being an item that I'm taking to burn down shields, it's really just become an item that I take to wait around until the shields disappear and then dive in and try and dump my kid into them after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, which is still useful, but not what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be a nice item for um, not, you know, mage, uh, AP assassins, but 
um, or burst mages, but you know somebody like um, Cassiopeia, who's going to be constantly pumping out damage, which I don't know, I haven't played Cassiopeia recently, but she may be using that item uh, to its intended purpose. But when I was playing a little bit of mid lane early in the season or preseason, I guess, um, I was playing a lot of Vex mid, and, and that was pretty much what I was doing, is going Shadow Flame, third or fourth item, and then um, just waiting for that shield to die off and then hopping in after the fact to try and blow someone up. It's interesting scaling on that magic resistance uh, ignoring. It ignores the magic resist based on the target's current health. It's mm -hmm. To me, that's odd. Like why health is the value that they use to determine how much of the magic resist is ignored. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that was a way for them to try to gate the strength of the item. So if the if if you're already low, if you're low health and you get shielded, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're already low health, it's preventing you from getting a lot of the full blown magic pen from it. Um, so it's almost like you have to when they're low health, they have to be shielded in order for you to get the maximum magic resistance ignoring in order to hit up to 20 it's 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 very well, interesting so I, the wording is is kind of tough well i have it pulled up here and it's the chart that i'm looking at says it's the opposite that you get mm -hmm. 10 magic pin at 2500 health current health and then 20 uh magic pin at 1000 health okay so it scales the opposite way it scales the opposite okay. way which i think is potentially to try and limit uh, a champion getting like a last second shield because um, mm -hmm. if i remember correctly shields do not um, their temporary health they don't um factor into that uh pool of um current health for the the magic pin value so i think right. if somebody's a thousand health and then they get a thousand hp shield um, you're still getting the full amount of magic pin mm -hmm. but i don't know that for sure so don't take my word for it it's just it's very interesting uh how yeah. they're trying to balance it around you know current health i, I thought that was pretty mm -hmm. interesting uh yeah, dude, i don't know if we uh, um have seen something similar to that, especially with magic pen. I know we, right. we, you know, we're familiar with stuff like Jin's fourth shot where you do more damage if they have less health, but mm -hmm. um, this is a little, little more indirect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that, yeah, yeah. Jin's fourth shot, uh, Jinx's rocket. Uh, there, there's several things that scale up more with the lower health and this now, you know, the amount of magic pen that you do, it's just, it's very interesting workaround. Uh, for that mm -hmm. any uh any thoughts on axiomark you may not see that much in top lane well i originally when this came out i thought this was going to be the absolute dumbest item <laughs> that we've ever seen in the entirety of league of legends um and it really hasn't impacted my games too much i found uh, it's very good when you're ahead um but what i found is that even teams who um or a champion that is benefiting from axiomark they are yes they're using their um lower ult cds to win the fights harder mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the times they would have already won um yeah. if you're blowing somebody up early enough that you can make use of this uh the extended cd or you know getting two takedowns um in a fight and now you know for somebody like nocturne probably has their ultimate back immediately after that um that fight was probably already going to go your way mm -hmm. um instead what i found is that the most interesting uses of it are when i see somebody like nocturne jungle um, or Kiana jungle rush this item over their mythic um, okay. for the early gank potential. Um, even if it's not refunding the ultimate cooldown completely and now boom, it's up and they're ready to go again. It, it becomes very, very, uh, they, they start getting very quick and successive ganks off. Mm -hmm. uh, Nocturne goes top ults and gets a takedown. Um, 
Now all of a sudden their ultimate cooldown is refunded a little bit. Uh, 20 seconds later, they're ulting mid and they get another takedown. 20 seconds later, they're ganking bottom again and they're getting another takedown. Um, yeah. Almost feels like late game nocturne really early in the game. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, which is nice for him. You know, it, it's a choice they have to make. Um, they're not getting that extra gold efficiency that the mythics are, are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a high risk, high reward because if you go somewhere and gank and you don't get that takedown, um, then you've essentially just bought it for the stats and you're not getting the full passive benefit from it. So it hasn't been too obnoxious yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember uh, they they did nerf it uh, a little bit. I think it came in a little bit stronger than 20%. I think it started at 25 mm-hmm. or 30. But uh, yeah, Rubio mentioned in, in chat too, Nocturne was, was the major culprit. I remember seeing some Reddit threads of uh, people showing off uh, using it on Pike. And so Pike would get, you know, three kills with his ultimate. And then uh, they're like, ah, see? And then when the fight ends, my ultimate's almost ready again. But like, it's, but you already get resets on your ult. So mm-hmm. is it, <laughs> you know, is it really getting as much value as, as you think it is? Yeah. And, and likely your ultimate's going to be ready again by the next team fight anyways. Cause it's not like it's a terribly long cooldown. It's not like a Karthus ult. Um, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, but either way, definitely some interesting changes, but I'm going to lean on you heavily for this next one because I play uh, a lot of bot lane, <laughs> a lot of support, and a lot of mid, and I don't particularly run teleport very often, but there have been some teleport changes. So basically now you have teleport and you have unleashed teleport. So for the first uh, 14 minutes of the game, you have just a regular teleport that can only be channeled to allied turrets. So no uh, five-man uh, collapses in the bot lane if you overpush too far, and then they, you know, you instantly the the top laners TP in and and you know kind of bomb your lane, and then they all transition over to Drake. Instead, at the 14-minute mark. Now you get Unleashed Teleport. That then allows you to target uh, what you could before with turrets, minions, wards, and then other items like uh, Thresh Lantern. So, uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on this, our resident top lane main. Well, listen, I am brokenhearted that I can now no longer teleport bot lane at five minutes uh, to make it a 4v2 when my jungler ganks uh, and to make the other enemy AD carry and support very sad. Um, but that's really the only negative that I found so far. I really enjoy the, uh, currently there's a lot of top lane summoner, um, diversity. I'm seeing a lot more ignite. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot more flash ghost or, um, something else along those lines, very combat heavy because you're right right now. It's pretty much for the first 14 minutes of the game. It's either a very risky teleport because you're not able to teleport onto a minion or teleport onto a ward that somebody uh, may have pushed past. Instead, you're pretty much never going to have a situation where you are teleporting right next to um, somebody on the enemy team. Mm -hmm. So one thing is that it's really encouraged me personally to pay more attention to my uh, my wave management. Um, Now the most useful uh, ganking that you can do with teleport is instead to walk to another lane and attempt to gank there and then use your teleport as a free back so you're not losing out on too much uh, experience or gold. Um, I'm sure our AD carry mains are enjoying it more because oh, they are no longer constantly having team fight spot lane pre 14 minutes. Um, uh, my only, the only frustrating <laughs> Ruby L response, God, yes, in the chat. <laughs> um, 
My only real struggle that I'm having to teleport is the increased uh, cooldown early game. Mm-hmm. It, it's gone up to six minutes, yeah. which is just, it feels so bad. Um, you know, it used to be really nice to be able to control your wave and get an early free back compared to your opponent. And now you're coming back with uh, more items and similar uh, experience. And they have to stay in lane and you have that added power to either take that solo fight and, and get the solo kill or at least, you know, get the prio so that you can make a play on Rift Herald or uh, roam somewhere else in gank. Uh, instead, now you really have to be conscious. It's not something I'm definitely, you know, it used to be that if we messed up our level one and all of a sudden I'm down bot with, you know, 20 HP, um, I might not be teleporting straight top lane because that, once again, six minute cooldown, that is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um Overall, I enjoy it. It's definitely made top lane feel a little more 1v1 focused um, instead of just two people scrapping and then constantly looking for opportunities to use that TP somewhere else. Um, while, you know, continuing to, after that 14 minute mark, I can still use it uh, for split push purposes or uh, joining a team fight late. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that they didn't just blanket say you can now only teleport to structures. I mean, that would have been pretty, pretty brutal. Um, so very happy with it right now. So far, um, I haven't, I haven't found it to have too many negative side effects, except when I use it early and then I immediately die and I'm just very, very sad. Well, and you, and you say that, I think that that was one of the issues is kind of a, a hindrance of teleport for, especially for for newer players or lower elo players when they they would always take tp for top lane just because that's what that's what top laners do like you know yeah. they they pull something from poro fresser or mobilytics or what have you or blitz you know and it's like ah i'm supposed to run i'm supposed to run tp because i'm going to the top lane like okay but but how are you going to be using that to be it doesn't just mean that you get back to lane faster so you know because there were times where people would they would die in a 1v1 or die to a jungle gank top lane, respawn, insta TP back onto a minion in lane, and then die again because the jungler's mm-hmm. just sitting in a brush, you know? And uh it, it I would I would say that it would be worth considering for like our coaches to talk to uh, their top layers and say, okay, let's are you really using this teleport for us to make plays around the map? Because if not, it we're probably going to get more value out of you taking something like ignite or, you know, if, if you really struggle in the top lane, as far as surviving, maybe even something like a barrier or an exhaust, you mm-hmm. know, depending on who you're going into. So I think it could potentially spark conversations like that. I know that's not ideal, but it could be a way of help scaffolding things for them to say like, all right, you're not ready for TP just yet because of, the major investment it takes, like you're saying, that six right. minute cooldown. So let's let's start a little bit easy, get you used to some other things, and then we can start working on incorporating those, you know, those teleport plays. So I don't know, food for thought, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's a wonderful summoner spell if you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, then like you said, might be worth it, especially when we're looking at the expanded uh, meta champs right now in top mm-hmm. lane. You know, we're seeing a lot of Trindamir, we're seeing a lot of Gwyn, we're seeing a lot of Camille. I mean, Camille's been in the meta, but. We're seeing a lot of Camille. Uh, Darius is is always always there. These are all champions that can really benefit from an extra combat spell. So definitely take a look at those if you're not happy with the teleport changes or um, you're struggling to adjust to them. For sure. And the last Season 12 change we're going to cover before we go into our next segment is Objective Bounties, which also stirred a little bit of controversy. So uh, if you're not familiar, basically, uh, it's, it's a little... Uh, yeah. 
not it's not stated directly it doesn't we don't have the thresholds here but it does say the team that is sufficiently behind that is the wording when a team becomes sufficiently behind they can now receive objective bounties based on the experience in the gold deficit as well as the differential between dragons and turrets of the opposing team so when when that threshold gets hit the timer starts, a countdown will start. It'll say objective bounties will be available soon. And then on the mini map, you start to see uh, all structures highlighted, all turrets that are available uh, to, to be taken for that uh, enemy team get highlighted. All neutral objectives get highlighted. So literally anything on the map, any objective on the map could be taken at that point to help bring the losing team back into uh, probably a more competitive state for the rest of the match. So uh, what are you thinking? Uh, what are your experience so far with objective bounties? Uh, when I am benefiting from objective bounties, they are the greatest change Riot has ever made. <laughs> and when I lose a game because of objective bounties, they are the worst thing Riot has added ever uh, to the game. I... I think part of the confusion and a part of the hate is uh, maybe not hate, but part of the controversy is that we really don't know what this threshold is mm -hmm. uh, for the team being behind because they do calculate experience and gold deficits um, as well as dragons and turrets. So there are times where I feel like we were sufficiently behind and I deserve some objective bounties to be, you know, to, to go out on the map and we never got them. And there are times where I felt like we're in a very, very close game my team is struggling uh, to, to close it out. Um, we're undeniably ahead, but maybe we're struggling to close it out and, and finish it off or, or secure some of these major objectives. And then objective bounties pop up for the other team. So mm -hmm. that's been the most frustrating part. But as far as the actual function, um, I, I'm always down personally, and this is mostly from a competitive standpoint, I'm always down for uh, comeback mechanics, mm -hmm. especially ones that aren't just very easy. Uh, to get these are still contingent on the fact that you are able to get them right mm -hmm. we see that baron nasher and the dragons are uh, and the rift heralds are part of this objective bounty and if you are behind it is very difficult to win a team fight and take baron and take dragon uh, or take a rift herald uh, the outer turrets as you can see they're a little bit easier to take that's why their gold that they share is a little less um so i I would like to see the threshold just so I can feel a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, this really hasn't... I've been enjoying it. I'm interested to see how it plays out in LCS. Uh, that's where I see a lot of that uh, cool change to see. But also in some of these organized games where, um, you know, our, our coaches are, you know, 6, 7K behind at 25 minutes. Um, and these objective bounties start popping up. I'm interested to see how they impact uh, organized competitive games. Mm-hmm. I know in solo queue, I'm benefiting a lot from them because I'm playing a lot of York right now. Uh, and so it's very fun to, oh, my team's behind. I'm going to grab Holebreaker and just earn gold. Just, <laughs> Don't worry, know, guys. I got it. <laughs> you know, call me the Undertaker because I'm basically a York one trick at this point. Um, it is just, I, I love having the objective bounties uh, as specifically as a York. Player. Right. Um, I recognize that, you know, they're causing some problems everywhere else, but they're fun. I, I think it, could potentially make professional play a lot more exciting um and so people don't give up on games so early because there are a lot of times where i'll be watching lcs or lec they're pretty much the only two leagues that i watch and 
uh, following like Reddit live chat or even Twitch. And it's like, ah, oh, this game's over. GG go next with when there's like a 7,000 gold deficit. Now, obviously if it's, if they're like 10 minutes into the game and there's a 7,000 gold lead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's a <laughs> very substantial gold lead, but I always try to think like, man, there's gotta be some way for that other team to do something. I, I would hate for at that moment when they still have their full base, Right, they still have inhibs up. Um, that a way for that team to outmaneuver and have some sort of comeback mechanic, and I think that could potentially um, you know work in their favor. You know, maybe those games won't feel like they're decided at 15 minutes. You know, that that there is a way for us to get back into it. Um, we, you know, chats saying too that they've gotten bounties when they had more kills, and that kind of goes back to that unknown number, you know, um, kills, obviously kills don't necessarily mean, uh, experience and gold, but that, you know, it's just so hard when you don't see any sort of, uh, tug of war bar kind of going at the top of the screen to show, you know, the gold lead and, uh, you know, rights always left that hidden, you know, the, you can see the gold lead in spectate mode, but you don't see it in game. I'm sure they have their reasons for that, and somebody much smarter than I am could point out as to why that's a good idea. But um, that that is something that I've always been interested in knowing why they made that decision. Yeah, I'm. Um, it'll be really fun to watch some of these games, especially when there's a lot of standing gold left on the map, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's really. I know when I'm looking at when I'm watching, for example, Cloud Nine, my favorite team. Mm -hmm. If I tune in and and they're behind my very first thing to look for is, okay, how many turrets do they have? Mm -hmm. um, because if you're behind and you're even on turrets, sorry, like that's, that's a pretty rough situation. Right. Um, but if you're in the situation where you're down four or five, six K gold, um, and, uh, you know, all these turrets are up and then boom, objective bounties on top of that. Um, one, a single one team fight, especially early in the game where death timers may be too low to push down a Nexus tower, mm -hmm. uh, and really change the game. Or uh, maybe Dragon and uh, Baron are down, and there's nothing really to take except these uh, inner towers and inhibitor towers. That's a lot of standing gold already on the map, and then you get this boost from the objective bounties. So it'll be very interesting to see if that impacts any of the comeback mechanics or comeback attempts that we see in pro play. So hey, I think it's going to change too. It's going to add a new element of uh, pro scene highlights because you know previously, as you mentioned, it. If you're that far behind, you're you're basically throwing haymakers trying to get mm -hmm. anything to get yourself back in the game. So we have these highlights like um, when uh, SKT was behind, and then you have the Faker Shockwave with the Twitch coming out and the just mm -hmm. absolutely you know, nuking the enemy team. We have you're a Cloud9 fan, I am as well. You have Highs uh, Zed. Uh, versus oh, yeah. Samsung, you know, he's secret agent Zed in the in the side <laughs> lane and trying to and back backdooring the the inhibs and things like that. Like those those are great highlights. Those are things that people can go back to and look and say those are really really cool moments. And now this adds a whole nother element uh, to that where you know this team was behind so much and look how they were able to macro around the map and you know find these little objectives and get these bounties and claw their way back in you know we as you said we may see people come back for even larger deficits and and could be mm -hmm. some uh more memorable moments from from this game that we uh share misery in 
so let's move on to our next segment. This is one of my favorite segments. Uh, we're going to talk about some listener responses. We put out a form for you to, uh, to pitch in and give us your thoughts on the following question, which was... Uh, what goals do you have for your personal season 12 or for your team's spring 22 season? Because um, a lot of our, I uh, say a lot, there are many coaches uh, in our Discord that don't really play League of Legends. You know, they focus a lot of their time elsewhere or they just don't game at all, but they're, you know, stepping up and giving uh, their players the opportunity to compete and develop and grow, uh, especially in all those soft skills and things that esports is great for. So we wanted to kind of throw both of those out there to give a chance for everybody to for participate. And our first uh, submission here was from Zach out of Rhode Island. The goal that he has for his personal season 12 is learning how to jungle. So I, I am anticipating, as we see every season, a lot of role swaps and people trying mm -hmm. to incorporate other things. But you were playing a lot of bot lane before. Are you switching to... Oh, yeah. No, top? so I... Um, well, I have... I like to divide my League of Legends career up into um, you know, milestones. Mm -hmm. So when I first started playing 10 years ago, I was a, a Twisted Tree Line main. Uh, okay. <laughs> where I played Garen and I built uh, five Wormongs and an Atma's Impaler every game, which if y'all don't remember, Atma's Impaler was an item that gave you AD based on your yeah. max health. Yeah. Um, so when I was a young level 15 account and playing with some high school friends, uh, that's what I did. Then we transitioned into the bot lane main that I was for the majority of my time. Um, I went to Ole Miss and uh, played for the collegiate team there for a little while where I swapped to top lane for two or three years, uh, graduated and became uh, an adult, uh, maybe, and <laughs> uh, played AD carry again for coach rivals. And I am now currently back in the top lane. So awesome. lots of roll swaps. Yeah, lots we'll see. Swaps. We'll see it for sure. I think we have a few more in here uh, <laughs> that'll be that'll be going on. So uh, next we have, uh, uh, I'll let you take the next one. Yeah, next we have uh, Schmitty J from Colorado. Um, and surprise, surprise, Schmidt wants to learn a new role. Uh, he mains support and enjoys that role, but he wants to branch out um, and is looking at 80 carry because he already knows bot lane pretty well and top lane. Um, so would definitely suggest top lane. Very fun right now. Very fun. And, and we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of bot lane players and mm -hmm. coach rivals, too, that uh, you could always lean on for some some mm -hmm. help there and some guidance. Uh, all right, our next one, we're going to skip number three. We'll go to number four. So Cannon Teach out of Colorado has a personal goal to get out of bronze. Yes, sir. Uh, that's absolutely, that's a big one. And then for his team, uh, develop and do some tournaments. He said they don't do the formal spring season. So uh, there are definitely a lot of opportunities out there. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, UGC does some mm -hmm. um, skill-protected leagues and division so they have like a silver only league or a gold only league or something so there are definitely a lot of opportunities out there for uh, coaches to take advantage of so really cool goals there uh from canon teach uh go ahead lucas take the next one uh, yes we have uh mr Hernandez teaches out of uh san antonio my esteemed rocket league partner um <laughs> for the hsel esports educator tournament um he wants to feel like he's getting better and do more bot reviews uh, in other games, it can be easy to see exactly where you're failing, but not so much in League of Legends. It's easy to become stagnant, and I don't want to stay stagnant. I heavily agree with that. Um, I personally, 
um, try and especially after my bad games, chill out and watch a VOD of a recent game um, just to kind of get a read on what I thought I could do versus what I was actually doing. Um, it's especially useful if you're swapping to a new lane mm -hmm. um, and you're limit testing constantly. So would definitely suggest following along with Mr. Hernandez teaches uh, and looking at your VODs. Yeah, for sure. It, it, when I did that, it was it pointed out a lot of times and it made me see what I should have seen before going for a play. You know, because sometimes mm -hmm. I would uh, still obviously still do a tunnel vision on CS or dodging skill shots for the laner. But my jungler is like, you know, having a, a scrap in the top river or the bot river. And I I could have rotated and, and taken over that. Now, obviously, I would hope that they would ping me. But at the same time, <laughs> I can't always depend on my teammates to do stuff like that. So um, bot review, definitely, definitely, definitely a big thing. Uh, next, we have Drake out of Arkansas. <laughs> his, his personal goal uh, for season 12 and his team's spring 22 season goal, I guess, uh, is one word. Win. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Love it. Very easy. Straight to the point. Um, I agree, Drake. I also want to win. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Matt from Colorado. Um, his goal is to hit gold. Um, he's hit gold in mid or jungle. Um, but he's going to try and hit gold in any role to help his students more. Um, oh, and then he follows that up with hit gold in top and then mm -hmm. plat in any role. Okay. So um, great goals, uh, especially those of you with um, other teams. Um, if you feel like you have a good grasp on the role you're currently playing uh, and want to freshen up your uh, game knowledge, highly, highly suggest playing around in some other roles just to get more of a grasp on what your students may be going through. Um, as they try and learn League of Legends as well. For sure. Uh, Eric29 out of Mississippi. Um, I think th I think he's a... <laughs> I, think this, I think this guy is a part of Coach Rivals. He sounds like he's <laughs> kind of a, a newer player, uh, doesn't have a lot of experience. He may be you know, kind of shooting for the moon with this goal, but Eric29's goal for... Uh, his personal goal for Season 12 is, I'm going to try to get silver this season <laughs> uh, eric is this silver in rocket league um <laughs> uh yeah i'll go i'll go drive down the road real quick and uh pay him a visit and, and ask him to clarify here um for those of you that don't know or maybe not have watched um uh, eric played in our coach rival season over the summer uh and was the bane of many players existence uh eric was probably uh could be considered a unanimous MVP there, but you know, absolutely. Clearly, wants to get out of silver. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> or maybe he just ratted on himself that he's been account sharing true. this whole time. Ooh, maybe, you know, maybe so he's boosted. Maybe this is the true Eric Twenty Nine saying that he's hard stuck <laughs> bronze and he's trying to get into silver. And all of those, you know, the the matches that we had, it was actually somebody else playing. So. Maybe. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Give us our next one. Um, next up, we have Bulldog Mentor out of Oklahoma. Um, her team's goal is to make it to playoffs this year. Uh, and her own goal is to get as far as possible um, and add maybe two more champs. She'd also love to learn the basics of a new lane, but not in ranked, which is a great choice. Would not yes. suggest limit testing in ranked uh, <laughs> for your sanity and your teammate's sanity. Um, if you do, disable chat. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, disable chat. All chat, everything. Um, love the team goal of making it to playoffs. Um, hope that works out for y'all. Uh, that'd be great. 
All right, and next we have uh, Rubio. This is Fixing Mantella out of Texas. Says, my goal this season is to hit platinum. Last season was my first time hitting gold, so I'd like to see more progress. That's a good, uh, that's good. You know, I constantly, you know, a new, so in, uh, so next season, he's going for diamond, correct? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe, maybe. We'll have to see if he, uh, if he makes plat. Um, currently, Rubiel and I are at a 100% win rate um, with an asterisk. Uh, we do have one game <laughs> that shall not be named. Um <laughs> so we'll 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 both be trying to get there. Did, did that game have a mundo in it? That game did have a mundo in it. In fact, it had a zillion in it as well. And they were paired up in the bot lane against our dear friend Rubiel. And it I'll let him tell the story, but it did not go well. <laughs> oh man. All right, hit us with our with our last one. Uh our last one is Allison or Cartera outside of or coming from Arkansas. Um, her personal goal is to hit silver two, um, and her team's goal is to win in the first round of playoffs, which I know from speaking with her has been um, a consistent goal. I, I think um, this year was uh, a year where they made it to the first round, um, but didn't make it past that. So um, really hope that works out for you. It's always fun to advance further and further into the playoffs. Very cool. Well, um, you actually submitted to the form. Uh, that was before we had everything solidified that uh, you were going to be co-hosting with me. So uh, what, what is your uh, either your personal goal for this season or your team goal? Uh, well, my team goal um, is to create a League of Legends team. Um, okay. It's been a goal of mine for a while. I, I haven't been able to get one started. Um, unfortunately, it's just not a game that a lot of my students play. Mm -hmm. I always have about three or four kids interested. Um and then I would have to onboard more. And those kids just kind of disappear into the woodworks after right. I um, hunt them down. Um, so I'd love to get one started, but we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, my personal goal is to hit plat again. Once upon a time, I was 15 LP from Diamond 4. Um, wow. And I have never gotten back to plat 1 ever. Uh, this last season, I don't think I, I never even made it to plat. I just was hard stuck gold 1 for a little while and then dropped back to gold 3. So... Um, definitely, uh, going to try and take the season a little more serious, um, a little more seriously and, and see what happens. So hopefully I can get back to plot. We'll see who gets their first Ruby L or me. Yeah. Yeah. We should have a tracker and have it in the discord <laughs> server where it constantly updates every day. Uh, and, and sh you know, the little, little bar graph that show like how close you are, or maybe like just your faces, uh, mm -hmm. kind of racing towards the finish line and, you know, who's passing who. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, my, my goal this season is to hit gold in mid lane. So I've done it mm. at, at 80 carry. I've done it as support. Um, and so now we're going to move over into the mid lane and, and see what happens. So uh, after Very my fun. placements, I got stuck uh, bronze one. So, uh, yeah. So it should be an interesting nice. climb. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah, I'm getting 20 LP a win right now, so it's not yeah. it's not bad. Um, so I, I'm hoping I can skip. I, I know Canon Teach. I think Canon Teach posted in the Discord the other day. He ended up skipping two ranks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm hoping to to have some similar luck there, so I can just kind of boost me up. Yeah, the beginning of the season is always really funny um, because you start off really strong. You get placed a little lower than you probably should be. Mm -hmm. um, so you're just you know playing some other newer or um, maybe some some players that aren't on your skill level you're getting 20 lp a win you're hopping up really quick you're not losing a ton and then slowly your lp gains just start to disappear 
we're back in the classic ranked League of Legends loop. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. You just you embrace the grind and you know find ways to cope. Uh, <laughs> so moving on our last segment we're gonna kind of probably breeze through this pretty quickly i'm gonna lean on lucas quite a bit for this one i can only make uh kind of comparisons between uh the champion's kid and to other champions in the game but uh mm-hmm. lucas actually has some play experience with our new champion zary she is out on the pbe she should be coming in patch 12.2 barring any some crazy circumstance where they have to delay her release but uh from what i read they kind of modeled this champion or designed her over uh inspiration from like fps games so mm-hmm. um they wanted to remove the auto attack mechanic and make it, uh, well, not necessarily remove it, but change it so that this champion is is very reliant on skill shots. I know one of the biggest changes or, or unique things about her kit is she does have auto attacks, but the auto attack is like a spell and has a large cooldown, but her Q... Uh, which is activatable is more like her auto attack. So if you're play, if you plan on playing Zarya in the bot lane, you're gonna be smashing Q quite a bit to get your auto mm-hmm. attacks out, and and it's they're not targeted. You know, it's completely free aiming. So uh, we'll let you kind of tackle Zarya here and uh, give us the rundown. What do we need to know? Yeah. So like you said, I did hop on PBE and um, test her out for a little while. Um, so I played one game with her and then spent like an hour or so in practice tool messing around over yesterday and today. Um, did skip out on my uh, planning period to go do that. So that was fun. Uh, hope my boss did not see that. Um, <laughs> this, this is recorded for uh, posterity purposes. <laughs> Ooh, here, we're just going to edit that one out. Okay. Um, no, it's okay. Um, so as far as her kit, um, her passive is Living Battery. Um, Zeri shields herself for 60% of the damage she deals to enemy shields and gains 10% movement speed for 3 seconds whenever she receives a shield um, this is very fun um, to use it's very uh, I enjoyed the one normal game I played with her I did play into another Zeri Lulu bot lane um, so there's a lot of shields going around on the other side um, and then Zeri and I just <laughs> just kept stealing shields off of each other <laughs> um, it's very fun for extended team fights as well where you are um, going after a squishy, um, and we'll talk about this later with one of her, her movement abilities, but you're going after a squishy that gets, uh, you know, a couple shields thrown on top of them, and all of a sudden, you are now shielded, and you're moving a little quicker. So, uh, definitely enjoyable. Um, not hugely impactful, but it, it's nice to have. Um, now, <laughs> here is the behemoth of a spell that we're going to have to spend a little bit of time talking about. Um, so, just so everybody understands, Zeri does have a normal auto attack. Um, however you have to spam right-click to use it. So normally with a champion, if you attack move or uh, right-click on something and it is still alive, you will continue to attack it. But Zeri's, you will need to continually use right-click and attack move. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yes. yes. Um, also, I believe that her normal basic attacks... No, I'm pretty sure they still scale with... with um, attack speed but we'll, we'll get to that in a second it this is this is one that's gonna take a little while to unpack um and her normal auto attacks scale off of pure ap um okay. so if you go an ap build and you are using your normal auto attacks your right clicks your attack moves you're going to start dealing ap damage and it scales with ap now zary's q um is burst fire and like you said it is essentially ezreal q on steroids 
right? At level one, it has a 1.37 second uh, cooldown, and that scales with attack speed. Um, her active is going to uh, also scale with AD and does physical damage to the first enemy hit. Um, it's very unique because, like you said, um, you are essentially weaving in um, spells and um, cues, or not spells and cues, uh, auto attacks and cues as you are going through. Uh, it's very, very useful for the early game when you are trying to CS because you can, um, you know, normally auto attack, and then if you're going to miss it, you can uh, queue to finish off the minion real quick, especially because there's no cost to that. Um, it's a very unique kit to wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. Very, very unique. Um, and <laughs> that's just, it's very unique because uh, her Q is what applies her on hit effects. Um, her normal auto attack does not crit. Um, or apply on hit effects, but the Q will. So if you're building runins, you have to use Q to get that benefit. Same thing with um, Bork or something like that. So very, very interesting. Uh, and it opens up the door for all kinds of different builds. Um, I went an AP build with Zeri, uh, full AP. Um, you're using, for the most part, your normal auto attacks, and you are hopping in on top of enemy teams uh, and using your abilities and your ult, etc., to try and burst someone and burst them down. Um, you can also go full crit and AD and spam your Q as much as you can. Um, very, very unique champion with some very, very unique build paths and options. Very cool. I, I, I am excited about the swap with the Q and the auto attack. I think that's that's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to take people getting used to that. And I can't imagine if you're a bot lane main and you're so used to you know, auto-attacking with your clicks and then you switch and you play Zeri for a while, how that's going to impact you going back to a traditional bot laner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's very funky. <laughs> As somebody that played bot lane for the majority of this year, it's very interesting. Definitely fun, definitely unique, but very interesting and something um, most people won't be able to try out the first time and, and get perfect. Mm -hmm. um, her next ability is her W. Uh, it's called Ultra Shock Laser. Uh, Zeri fires an electric pulse. Um, that uh, deals magic damage, but scales 100% with AD um, and 60% with AP. So uh, once again, her, her abilities are very functional with a hybrid build. Um, and it also slows the first enemy hit by 50% for one second, and that goes up as you go through. Uh, I think it goes up 55%, 60%, 65%, and 75%. Okay. Um, now, the cool part about this one is that if it hits a, if the ability hits a piece of terrain, uh, like a tower or a wall or anything created as well, which I tested. I had an Anivia on my team, and so I started throwing oh, my wow. W into a Anivia wall, and so it was working on that okay. as well. Um, it turns into a large laser that is uh, very... Um, it, it extends out much further than the normal ability, uh, and it applies the effects in the area. So if you just fire your electric pulse at somebody and it only hits that one person then they take the damage and they uh, take the slow. But if you uh, hit multiple people with it, they all take the damage. And I believe they all get the slow. Um, yeah, it not it totally reads sure. that it applies the effects in an area. Yeah, so, so I'm going to... I can't remember exactly, but I'm assuming um, I'm assuming that it applies it to multiple Yeah, hits. it reads like I it do, does. Yeah, I do like that with um, Zeri's kit, they added a few different versions of ability haste. If you look... On there, it does say that this ability's cast time scales down with attack speed. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to go that full crit, full AD build, um, your Q and your W, 
uh, all scale or the cooldown all scale with attack speed. So very useful anyways, even if you're not going AP. I'm waiting for the troll the troll bot lane duos to come out of this where it's Zeri, <laughs> Anivia, uh, Zeri, Trundle, you know, oh, yeah. throwing very up fun. some terrain to, you know, get that. Yeah, you think you're safe? Here's my uh, long range uh, W. <laughs> here's here's <laughs> my Lux my laser that I have on a 10 second <laughs> cooldown. Um, Zeri's E is Spark Surge. Uh, she's going to dash short, position, short distance and vault over any terrain she touches, greatly extending the dash range. Uh, her next three shots of Burst Fire Pierce, dealing 80% damage to enemies after the first. Um, and when she hits an, a champion with an attacker ability, she reduces that cooldown by one and a half seconds. And I do not believe... Um, I do not believe that that is capped. So if you um, use that in the middle of a fight and then you're chasing somebody down, uh, that cooldown is constantly going down. Every wow. at one and a half seconds every time you auto-attack. Um, or with an attack or an ability. So it will say, uh, it, it does, you know, clarify that by saying that um, the normal uncharged auto attack, the right click and the attack move doesn't, um, but your charge attacks and your cues do. So that's, that's pretty unique. Wow. Um, this was a very fun ability to use. Uh, it is essentially a better Talon uh, ability. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have never played Talon, Talon is an ability that allows him to jump uh, or parkour over different pieces of terrain. Um, however, he's heavily limited by the size, so he can't just jump from, you know, the skinny part of a wall all the way down to the other end. Mm -hmm. Zeri, on the other hand, um, if you time it correctly, you can use it to go all the way down a large piece of terrain. In fact, there's some, uh, I remember I watched Red Mercy's uh, video when he was, when I was first trying to figure out what Zeri would do and how to play her in my first couple of uh, games on PBE. Um, he did show you how to use that when you're coming out of the fountain. For mm -hmm. example, to get a large uh, little movement boost going down. So similar to the Bardi, anywhere you yes, can Bardi, various... you get those crazy magical journeys. You can do this too. Yes, Bardi is the most similar ability in the game too. Okay. Um, if you don't uh, touch a piece of terrain, it's still a short dash that's very useful. Um, and I found that to be very useful in fights, especially because of the extra damage that it gives to your burst fire. Um, so, uh, burst fire is a very unique ability. Um, sometimes it goes through enemies and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and so this is a case where if you E, uh, the burst fire will pierce. That's the Q that you spam. Um, and it is going to deal extra damage uh, behind enemies. So very useful in a team fight or when you're fighting more than one person. Hmm. All right. And then we finally wrap up with Zeri's ultimate, uh, which is uh, Zeri discharges a Nova of Electricity. Um, dealing magic damage to nearby enemies and gaining three stacks of overcharge for each champion hit for six seconds. Uh, each stack grants 2% movement speed. Hitting an enemy champion with an attack or ability adds a stack of overcharge and refreshes its duration by two seconds. Uh, while overcharged, Zeri also gains 30% attack speed, um, 20 magic damage uh, on hit, and Burst Fire becomes a faster triple shot that chains the bonus magic damage and physical damage to nearby enemies. This ability is perfect for team fights. Um, when I was using it, uh, I was relatively far ahead by the time I was even in team fights. So I was just using my E to jump into the middle of a team fight, um, hit two or three people with my ultimate. And by then I get all these stacks of movement speed. I'm doing extra damage um, and I'm just running around mowing people down. Uh, it is definitely a uh, play on the Graves passive, which I believe, I don't know. I remember what it's called. It's like grit or something. Grit, yeah. Uh, where, you know, Graves is tankier the more... Uh, the more often that he is attacking an enemy champion, 
Um, similar to that for Zeri, except she's doing more damage. So, you know, using your ultimate, hitting as many people as possible, and then running around on the outside of the team fights, constantly attacking so you keep those stacks up uh, are very, very, very useful. So, Wow. So, and, and there's no cap on that movement speed, too. So you could just... I believe so. It, it, I saw a video where the, they were in practice tool and they lay up a bunch of target dummies. And they constantly kept attacking, attacking, attacking until she got up to 10,000 movement speed. Yeah. And see, so she just clicks to the other side of the map and she basically just teleports there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some fun interactions with this champion. I can I can feel it. Right, what, um, what are the odds way, you see this in top lane? Uh, you know, I I really liked um, Zeri and I definitely feel like the kit is very usable in solo lanes. Mm -hmm. um, especially with the added mobility. Uh, and the uh, constant Q procking, uh, we are probably and the added health that you get from going an AP build. Yeah. Um, I really think that you're you might be seeing some AP ranged bruisers area <laughs> top lane, uh, which is just quite a mouthful. I don't know if it's actually going to be legit, but I'm definitely going to be trying it out um, the next time I play Zeri, trying to go top lane and, and go that AP bruiser build. But we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> wow well we definitely have some time it's not till 12.2 so coaches don't yeah. uh don't panic just yet but uh as is tradition uh normally uh riots champions are a little overtuned when they first get released on live so this could be one that you could uh abuse uh upon first release if you can spend mm -hmm. some time learning it uh, quickly enough <laughs> <laughs> all right so that is uh, any closing thoughts on zeri um, no, definitely feels very fun, very excited, a very unique champion. Mm. Um, I believe Riot Augustus or August um, uh, designed this one, and great job. Definitely a fun champion. I know there was some, uh, not some backlash, but people were definitely like, oh, another, you know, another, uh, you know, cute, cute champion in League of Legends. What, what are they going to do now? So original. Mm -hmm. But I've been having a blast with Zeri. The the few, you know, the three games I've played with her, and I'll definitely try and her out. Doesn't feel too busted. So excited to try it. I almost brought that in as our listener feedback question here about what they thought about champion design because that <laughs> I did remember reading that controversy on Reddit. People are, you know, talking about how it's another Disney champ and, you know, it's a it's a cute humanoid uh basically and so like where are monsters we want monsters you know um so uh yeah it's definitely caused an uproar but uh that is gonna do it for us season two episode mm -hmm. one uh we have we have wrapped it up we we did it it was successful very fun i, I had a blast thanks for having me yeah and we will obviously we're gonna we're gonna try to do this uh every wednesday so that's that's my goal is every single Wednesday produce more content for Rift Happens. My schedule's opened up a little bit where I can I can do this. Uh, I'd like to get back to it because we had a really good following. So be sure to uh, follow us on Twitch. That's Twitch. .com twitch.tv slash coach rivals uh as well as just adding the podcast to uh your favorites or the or follows on whatever podcast platform you prefer if you prefer the audio version that'll be uploaded uh, very very soon if you're tuning in on twitch right now uh, but either way two different avenues for you to be able to enjoy uh this enjoy or hate it uh you know it's your it's your call uh we just appreciate the the attention but Lucas, thank you so much for coming in, man. You you, you killed it for uh, your first guest or first co-hosting opportunity here on on Rift Athens. Oh, thank you. You're gonna make me blush. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's you're you're blushing right now, but 
you, you're hiding it so well we can't even see it on your <laughs> webcam it's... look I'll, I'll try and uh find a camera camera soon and, and see what happens my poor little logitech that i've had for uh three years just wasn't up to the task <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week covering some more uh, League of Legends information, uh, not only for just the general public, but also for our coaches, our scholastic coaches, help getting you caught up uh, with your students so that you can feel confident about moving forward into this next season. Uh, for Lucas, I am Justin. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week.